Hello, humans, from deep in the woods, somewhere in the vast, wild Sierra mountain range. And if you are listening to this, then it means I have made the trek back into civilization and have found a cafe with decent enough Wi-Fi to record this message. I'm actually out here in the Sierra Mountains with my son and Jonathan Gustin from episode one and his family recharging. Wow, I really needed it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you've listened to the past episodes, you've listened through a major life event of mine. I mean, that rocked me. I went from thinking I'm getting engaged this year to being single again, which is not my ideal, to uh, my living situation changing and we're somehow still going. And I'm so glad that you're still listening. And, you know, if the last three episodes were a little bit strange or if it threw you off that it came out slower than we normally would like it to, thank you for sticking with it. Every bone in my body right now wants to apologize for like not getting the podcast out fast enough, but I am never going to condone apologizing for how you actually feel and how I felt was that I needed to slow down and I did the very best I can and I'm so glad to be with you now. I feel like, okay, a majority of the time. And that is awesome. And I'm so excited for the next episodes. I'm so excited to start interviewing people from this place I'm at now because I have this beautiful sense of not knowing much. And I feel like that is such a wonderful place to be when I get to talk to such amazing people. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you to everyone who wrote a review on iTunes. I know it's a pain in the ass. Thank you for doing it. It's my treat. You're giving me a treat that I get to read that you like the program. Thank you to everyone who shared us on social media, helped spread the word, commented on our posts, sent me direct messages. It's so nice to talk to you guys. It gets lonely and isolating behind the computer. And I wish we were all in a big room. I wish we could talk afterwards about the guest ideas and insights and tips And social media is as close as we're going to get to that. So I'd love to see you there. It's a little creepy, but I like clicking on your profiles and just seeing like, who is this person who likes the podcast? And a big final thank you to our patrons. You know, without you, none of this would be happening. Like literally, that's not just a saying. Uh, We're on a shoestring budget. I've put a ton of my own money into this and your monthly contributions make this possible. They really do. We wouldn't have done so many of these interviews if we couldn't afford for me to travel and, you know, uh, meet these guests. So thank you so much. If you would like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash hello human. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash hello human. And it might sound ridiculous that a dollar a month is a big help or that $5 a month is a big help, but it adds up. It really does. And I think audience funding is the future. And uh, we'll do whatever it takes to keep this program going, but I would love for it to be audience funded. And I'd love to have you in one place because I I get to talk to the patrons. Let's get on to the episode. Who we are is really a collection of where we've been and where we're going. What's happened in your life? What are your successes, your victories, your failures, your traumas? What are the beliefs you hold about yourself based off that? Where do you hope to go? What are your hopes and dreams about yourself? Well, here's a question worth asking. Is any of that true? Take a belief about yourself as an example. One of mine is that I'm a failure. And I've failed plenty, so yeah, it feels real. Ask yourself these questions. Is it true? Can you absolutely know it's true? How do you react when you believe that thought? Who would you be without that thought? Who would I be if I didn't believe I was a failure? How would I walk through the world? That question is tattooed on my mom's ankle. And that question comes from the work. The work is something that, as Byron Katie would say, came to her. And it starts with these four questions. And it leads to a life of inquiry of what's true. And what's true isn't, 
What's happened in the past or what's happening in the future, what's true is the ground beneath your feet and the sky above you or the walls surrounding you, protecting you from the elements. That's what's true. In this moment, beauty is happening. As Byron Katie puts it, I discovered that when I believed my thoughts, I suffered, but that when I didn't believe them, I didn't suffer. And that is true for every human being. Well, this is not an interview. You're not listening to me show up and interview Byron Katie. You're listening to my entire belief structure get challenged. And it's very rocky. I read two books to get ready for this interview. I read Loving What Is and A Mind at Home With Itself. And between the amount of pain I was in over this breakup and the amount of joy that was in these books, everything was just shattered. And so I showed up to this interview almost in pieces. I didn't know what to believe. Do, do I believe that this is one of the most painful things that's ever happened to me? Or do I believe that this moment is really beautiful? And what you're listening to is those two sides battling it out. And you can listen to my beliefs fighting to survive. They want to be real. They want to be a real boy. And after this interview, it's had rippling effects throughout my life. You may have noticed in the intro, I am starting to feel a lot more like myself, maybe even more like myself. And I've had a few moments where I felt like I had no ego, no sense of self. I could just see the moment and wow, do I want more of that. Anyway, here's my conversation with Byron Katie. Hi. Hi. Thank you for inviting us and... and being a part of this. You're welcome, Sam. I think it's the right time to have you on as a guest in my life. Oh, so good. I'm excited good. for this conversation. I like to start off rather than introducing you, I like to have guests introduce themselves. So who are you? Oh my gosh, that's how I couldn't answer that one honestly, but you know, but uh Byron Kathleen Mitchell, Byron Katie. Who do you uh, consider yourself to be or like uh, Oh gosh, I you know, I I absolutely leave that to other people. If I bothered with it, it would drive me crazy. Okay. And it wouldn't change anything. People, you know, I am to each individual person who they believe me to be. I can never be more or less than that. So it leaves me a lot of freedom just under, with that understanding. And, you know, Sam, in the world, I'm the founder of the work. And it's always free on the work.com for anyone that's interested. It's inquiry. It's a way to identify and then to question the judgments and assumptions that are running through our head to identify those and question them. And it radically shifts lives. It does, that's how I know you is from the work, which is it starts with the four questions, right? Mm -hmm. But it really turns into just a, a life of inquiring. Mm -hmm. Before we jump to there, I was the way that you found the work, which is one of the, do you consider it a program or? Uh, no, just inquiry, a way of identifying thoughts that cause distress, suffering, depression, mental illness. The way it came to you was rather drastic. It mm. was uh, almost like a burning bush experience. Yes, it definitely but was. For me, what was helpful was to hear about what led up to it, where, you know, it wasn't like you were seeking it. No. It really came and found you. Yeah. Could you tell us about just what? Well, in some ways, I was seeking it. I was um, I was seeking a way out of this mental hell, you know, I saw as my life. And after more than a decade of hopeless depression, hopeless depression, agoraphobia, all kind of you know, craziness, I was sleeping on the floor because... I didn't believe I was worthy of a bed to sleep in. So sleeping on the floor next to my bed, and which is pretty crazy. But, you know, when we're believing, we're believing. And so as I lay sleeping on the floor, I woke up one morning just in a, you know, like out of a start, like a cockroach had crawled over my foot, actually. And, you know, my eyes opened and I began to laugh. Probably the deepest laugh I've ever experienced, I saw what created the entire world. And simply, I saw that when I believed my thoughts, I suffered. And when I didn't believe them, I didn't suffer. And I was shown 
I didn't just experience, I was shown. And um, it's in it's in my books, I think, Loving What Is. But I was shown so clearly the cause of all suffering. And um, so I have... Um, I have this job that was given to me, you know, the, the work is a gift. And uh, this inquiry that I call the work is a gift and a gift you have to give. So, you know, I did nothing for it and just passed that on. I'm someone who gets wrapped up in thoughts and story and narrative. I think it's easy as a, you know, I feel like I have a, the heart of a storyteller. And so everything has to be a story. Why this happened to me? Why that happened to me? Why I'm doing this? It's very natural for me. And sometimes I love it. Sometimes I love being in the story. And then other times it really turns on me. And so I have a line that I say, which is, you know, forget everything you think you know, so I can see what's right in front of me. Because mm -hmm. I'll be at the DMV and my life's falling apart, even though I'm just at the DMV. Yeah. But I'm thinking about bills and this and my future not going where I want it to. But it's hard to live in that. We don't have another option when we're living in that. You know, it's like we're caught up in this identity and the identity that's running, you know, depending on the story you're you're identifying with and you're running in your head. And so I have a very simple system for that that I invite people to. And I call it a judge your neighbor worksheet. And it's uh, judging anyone, anything. But it's a worksheet that shows us clearly how to identify what we're thinking and believing that would keep us from being present, you know, knowing as you were pointing to, you know, where you are, who you are, how you are, as opposed to a mind that um, is running in us that would move us into the past future and leave us just hypnotized in the moment. It's, um, yeah, we lose our place. Just for, for anyone who isn't familiar with the work, what is it? What do you actually consider it to be? On a way of identifying the thoughts and judgments and assumptions running through your head and then how to question them. Wonderful. And so when you're doing the work, when you're questioning, could you say the four questions? Just yes. For example, like you're at the DMV. What is something, uh, an example of what you were thinking as you were standing there unaware in the moment that you were even standing in some way in the DMV? Oh, uh, I mean, a thought I often have is... I'm broke and I'm, there's no way I'm going to be able to get out of this. Yeah. So I would identify my own definition of I'm broke. In other words, the meaning of it. And I would stay right there and I would question it. The first question is, is it true? And then you contemplate that. You get really still. I'm broke. Is it true? And you start to do an inventory. You'll notice automatically of your possessions, your finances, you know, what? maybe you only have a dime, but you're broke. Is it true? And then you consider it's either a yes or a no. And there's no, you know, you really have to contemplate it because you get to witness in that how the mind just goes crazy. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but, but no, but and it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. And you just, just continue to get really still and I'm broke. Is it true? And if I had a dime, I would have to say, no, it's not true. You know, but that's my own kind of integrity. So, you know, go, you go that far. And then can I absolutely know that it's true? Again, the answer is either yes or no. It gives people a second chance at the first question. <laughs> And then the third question is to simply notice and to ask yourself, witness how you react, what happens when you believe the thought. So now that takes you immediately to your emotions. And, and what other reactions do you see when you believe the thought you're broke? So you begin to notice those images of past, future that show you being evicted and show you losing your home and show you, da, 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 you know, all these past, future, past, future thoughts as you're standing there in DMV, let's say you're doing and I'm broke there. And so that gives you a clear visual. It's a movie, this past, future, all this proof that you're broke and what's going to happen to you and what you know, on and on. And it shows you clearly where your emotions, what your emotions are coming out of. It's just so clear. You know, we're not being struck by feelings. We're believing the thought. For example, I'm broke. The mind gives you all the proof, past, future, if you want a little 
fear and tear, get a future. You want a little depression and guilt, get a past. And so you're, you're sitting in that movie, standing in DMV. And so the fourth question, going back to the third question, um, you know, we're really meditating on a moment in time when you're thinking the thought, when you're believing the thought. So this work, it's about mindfulness, getting still. It's about meditation. You can do it anytime, anywhere. It's even safe while you're driving a car. I mean, it's just, you're just, you're thinking and believing anyway. You may as well get still and meditate on how do I react when I believe the thought I'm broke. Now, if your answer is yes, it's true I'm broke, it doesn't change the questions at all. You just simply say, yes, it's true. Can I absolutely know that's true? Yes. And move to the third question, how do you react when you believe the thought? And then after meditating on that, being shown the cause of suffering, then you move to the fourth question. The fourth question is, who or what would you be without the thought? Just notice, like right here, right now, without the thought, who and what are you? And then just to notice if that thought Without that thought, look what happens to your identity the rest of your life. Look yeah. at the look how the stress, how much of the stress falls away. So you can see we're really just meditating on this. First question: Is it true? Can you absolutely know that it's true? How do you recommend believe the thought? Who'd you be without it? That's it, and it's all free on the work.com. Yeah, the last question: Who would you be if you didn't believe it? Is is one that has given me a ton of little reprieves. In, oh, it's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful question. I'm so programmed to go into the story. And I, sometimes I love my story. You mm -hmm, know, like mm -hmm. the reason why this particular period is so painful is because I fell so in love with the story, yeah. right? I fell so in love with the story that this is, this is my time and I'm going to get married and I'm going to have kids. And mm -hmm. this is, and then so. Yeah. Your dream. I dream. And, uh, it turned out that the story was never true mm -hmm. because it wasn't actually happening. It was me projecting it. And now it's the, the cause of some pain. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, it does. And so let's say your wife, is that, did you marry? No. Okay. Your girlfriend. Yeah. So this was the relationship, your dream come true. And so she is a problem because she cannot live up to the woman in your dream. And the relationship is a problem because it's not going like the dream. Well, you know, the work is a way of identifying the construct of that dream, which is what you're thinking and believing and to question it. And then like living with Stephen, my husband, it's, um, I don't ever expect him to be anything but Steven. So I get to meet him all day long. Every day I get to meet the real deal. I get to see who I'm married to. I don't meet the husband of my imagination. I meet him. So that's a rock solid marriage. It doesn't mean that we're going to stay married. But if we divorce, let's say he determined we divorce or something, I'm still meeting the, the real Steven. So it doesn't change my love for him. There's no way he can disconnect me from him. I'm always connected. So I've always got a friend. He doesn't have to recognize it. But, you know, unconditional to love. That's my job. That's my job in the world, to love. Loving what is. And how do you love? There's so much. Well, you are loving what isn't. I am loving what isn't. And, yeah. and so, yeah. so you know how powerful that is. Yeah. You know, without that without loving what isn't, you know, in other words, look at reality. Oh my gosh. Like I'm looking at you right now. You have on this vibrant red shirt and, and you, you, I happen to know you've just eaten and you're, you've got a watch, you're being supported, you're sitting on a chair and, and the ground is supporting that. And if that's not enough, you know, it's, it's on and on and on. You could sit in this room for a thousand years and find something new to be grateful for. And that, and that, I mean, there is so much, whoever you are, wherever you are, just to notice reality. It's always here for your support. There's nothing in the world that is not here for your personal support, whoever you are. When we're loving what isn't, 
you know, the dream, we're blind to life. Yeah. And the support of life. And we become insecure. And in a world like this, in this friendly universe, is, is how I see the world. But not without proof. I'm a skeptic. And I clearly see the proof. Because I'm in a world that's completely obvious. I'm not believing above it. I've joined it. I can see. It's my life, my world. And so, and for me, it's I've been... I feel like little bits of your work has been chipping away at me as I listen to it because so much of what I've been operating on through the way you see the world isn't happening. And it and What's it, an example of that? Oh my gosh. Well, I can tell you like right now I'm thinking about the old relationship which certainly isn't happening right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about how I'm going to support myself financially. But that's not yeah. what's happening. You know, no. you're, you're seeing the relationship, but that's not her and that's not your child. That's imagination. Yeah. So you're not into anything authentic. You're not into him and her. It's not so. You are into what's going, what's going on around you. You only need become aware of. If yeah. you can become aware of fantasy that doesn't exist, you certainly can become aware of reality that does. I mean, <laughs> how kind is something you know, like a chair that would hold us? You know, to me, that's fascinating. Yeah. And you have the beads on your, they look like Buddhist beads on your wrist. I mean, and a watch. And I mean, there's so much to count here. There's so much to observe, to be grateful for. and. Fantasy, you know, it's like we have this beautiful world and we just trash it yeah. by not seeing it. And how obvious can it get? I mean, we stumble over it, meaning it trips us and we're angry for the object that tripped us there rather than noticing how sweet it is, the fall, and when it's time to kiss the ground. Yeah, I certainly have trashed it. I have trashed it. I know because I would... One of your books I was reading in the car or listening to in the car, and I have moments where I felt like I was gasping for air, and it felt like, wow, what have I been breathing this whole time? You know, and then, of course, the imagination comes back and yeah, takes, takes back over. Yeah, but, fantasy overrides yeah. reality. It appears to override reality, but it's imagination. It's not real. You know, think of you this morning. You know, did you have breakfast? No. No? Well, where's your proof? <laughs> You know, there was no image there that popped up to say, yeah, that was breakfast. And then you compared like that space with a day you had breakfast and that comparison, all that imagination just would convince you that there's anything other than right here, right now. Yeah. One of my favorite parts about your work is you include the, you doing the work with someone else. Mm -hmm. And so I filled out the... Um, the neighbor worksheet. Mm -hmm. um, if you if you're okay with us. So, what did you write for number one? Well, I know it's supposed to be about someone else, but I'm generally my own worst enemy, and I'm normally the number one target of my own resentment. Mm -hmm. So, it's a little bit of a mess. But for number one, well, let's just say you did not follow direction. I you did went, not. You listened to your ego. It went straight into ego saying, oh, <laughs> I ego think I will judge I ego. Yeah. So um, when you, I invite you and everyone listening to judge someone else. Now, if you fill in a, a worksheet and you're judging someone else, whose thoughts are those on the worksheet? Mine. Okay. So it is about you. It's 100% about you, but we're kind of putting some distance between you and the ego when you judge someone else, even though it's 100% about you because it's your mind you're putting on paper. And let's do the one on you. Okay. You can't do it wrong. <laughs> That's good. I just, I put it out, uh, judge someone else because it's, um, it's easier for people to do that. It's much easier and they get much more from it because it's, um, they it works that way, a little distance from the ego. And so, number one. Okay, I'm disappointed with myself because I always seem to screw up everything. Okay. So, you screw up everything. 
you seem to screw up everything. Is it true? Yeah, it feels true. Yeah. And in fact, when you're in that and you're believing it, it's just like everything. You screw up everything. And then you're, you're, um, you believe it. And you see these images of past future. So you screw up everything. So Sam, is it true? You screw everything up. Yeah, it feels true. Okay. Yes. Feels true. So in that situation, what is the situation when you were believing it? I can go down the list. I mean, I uh, flunked out of college. I and and you screwed could, up this relationship that I just had. Yeah. I, so where were you? What was the situation when you were thinking and believing? I screw everything up. Uh, the most recent is when um, my ex and I broke up. Mm-hmm. I felt responsible for it, like mm-hmm. I screwed it up. Okay. And where were you? Were you sitting on the couch? Were you in the car when you believed I was screwing it up? We need one situation that you can anchor in. I was on the phone in a uh, outdoors. I was outside. Okay. And you're on the phone. Okay. And who are you talking to? My ex. Okay. So you're on the phone. Okay. You screw everything up, Sam. Is it true? So imagine you just anchor right there out in the yard. You see you there. Okay, so that's where you're going to anchor through this entire inquiry. You screw everything up. Is it true? No, not everything. So Most it's the, the answer is either yes or no. And, and on that call, it was a definite yes. Yes. Yeah. You were believer. Now, in that situation, witness with your eyes closed, witness. You see you there? You think the thought, I screw everything up? Now witness how you reacted. How do you react? What happened? Just witness. Tell me what you see when you believe the thought, I screw everything up. Witness Sam in the yard on the phone with his girlfriend. I mean, my my whole posture fell. I felt, can I go inward? Your whole your oh, whole okay. posture fell. My whole posture fell. And emotionally, stay in touch with it. It, it felt it. like the floor came out from under me. Like um, I felt like in a matter of moments, like there was just a pit in my stomach. Like in a matter of moments, the children I had pictured having and the wedding I had pictured having and the life I had pictured having was just gone. I was all of a sudden in the unknown, that horrible. So you see all those images of the future. Yeah. And your experience as you witness that, it's a dream, Sam. Mm-hmm. So as you're witnessing that, then all those emotions, that's the cause of your emotions. It's like you're in a movie. Now, what images of the past did you have? Other failures. Okay. Yeah. So they all, you know, they just show up and show up and show up in <laughs> your show mind. Up when they, all yeah. the proof that I'm a failure. All the proof shows up in those images of the past. Okay. That's imagination. So you see that image of you in the past? Failing, failing, failing. Is that you or just pure imagination? Standing in the yard with the phone in your hand. I know it was imagination. Pure imagination. So that is what I refer to as false self. You're witnessing that false self. You think that's you. You're believing that's you. And you see the images of the future just blew it all over the place. You you screw up everything. Okay, you see that? Is that you or is that false? It's false. It's false. It's past and future. Yeah. So as you witness that movie, then you just fall. You just collapse into that posture that you saw. Now notice how you treat her on the phone when you believe the thought. And honey, say the thought again so we can use it the way it is, the way you wrote it. For number one. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed with myself because I always seem to screw everything up. Okay. So who would you be without the thought you always seem to screw things up? Who would I be if I felt like I didn't always screw things up? Mm-hmm. I don't know, a guy who makes mistakes? No, don't see you out in the yard. So look, at, look at you out in the yard. Who am I in that Stay moment? Ang- uh-huh. Stay anchored. Witness that poor, helpless human being. No one's there for him. Witness him without the thought, I always screw things up. 
just a guy in a yard. I mean, it's a, it's beautiful there. There's trees and flowers and grass. Uh, yeah. I'm outside a barn. So other than what you're thinking and believing, you're good. Yeah, besides the the chaos happening inside me at that moment. Which is what you're thinking and believing. Yeah. It's past. It's unreal. The future's, I mean, that's the movie. Now, notice your girlfriend on the phone. You don't even really hear her. She's not even really there. You're busy. You're imagining. And that's about all of life that an average person sees. They never see the present moment. They're busy imaging. You know, if people didn't compare, there's no way to experience jealousy or envy, which is a little off topic, but yeah, with the power of imagination and those false selves, none of those were you. You're the man in the yard and everything is fine other than what you're thinking and believing. That's why I love reality. Reality is always kinder than what we're thinking and believing. Yeah. One of the things that always comes up when people hear about your work and your way of seeing the world is they need to challenge it and push it to the edge and they'll ask about the most extreme sufferings in the planet. But I don't want to take it that far. I just want to keep it well, simple. Well, this is far enough. You're yeah. standing out there in this on this beautiful day. You're 100% fine in a nightmare. Yeah. In your head, not even with your girlfriend on the phone. I mean, she is who you imagine her to be. You were putting a past and future on everything she said. Like, listen to her words. This is a part of that fourth question. Who or what would you be without the thought? Now, you can see you're safe. You can see you're fine. Now, listen to her words. What was she saying? You heard her, but you didn't hear her. Now it's time to listen. I was really... It was pretty mellow. It was just, I'm done. And I said, okay. And then I, you know, I said, if there's any room to get back together, I'd like to talk. And she wasn't, she wasn't interested. So the actual physical, what was happening, it wasn't dramatic. It was in my head that was dramatic this time. Very good. I've had the insane breakups, but this wasn't. One of them. No. Yeah. No, she just said, this isn't working for me. And and um, she's guilty of just telling you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And sparing you a lot of heartache because she's not pretending that it's working when it's not. I know. That's the tough part is like, yeah, what's, what's true is that it wasn't working for her. Why would I want to be in a relationship that's not working for her? And if it doesn't work for her, I mean, it's not going to work for you. Yeah. Because you'd be living with someone that doesn't want to live with you. I know. I know. It still stings when you start getting back into it, you know, about what you've lost and what you've, but. Well, did you notice what that was? Images of past future. Yeah. I mean, talking to you now, it feels like I didn't really lose anything except for stuff I had made You gave a great gift. You freed yourself up from someone that didn't want to live with you. Yeah. You gave her a great gift. Yeah. I hadn't actually thought of it like that. I always grew things up. Okay, so turn it around. I don't always. I don't always screw things up. Okay. So in that situation, look at you. From what you told me, it sounded very mature. It was the most mature breakup of, of my life, yeah. Other than your head. Other than my head, yeah. So go back now. Be there now and appreciate that man and his growth and maturity. Look at the distance he's come. doesn't matter what he was thinking and believing. Look, he's not tantruming. He's not drinking or using. Yeah. He doesn't always screw things up. It's so radical to meet situations that are that uncomfortable with, with love and gratitude. It's well, so... you don't, you know, it's how are you going to look at a man that listens to his girlfriend and says, basically, I hear you. And, and if you change your mind, I'm here. Yeah. How else would a sane mind stand back and see that man? 
what you have just done. You've stood back and looked at him. That's reality in that situation. Good man, generous man, kind man. Yeah. When you're living in this, like this, what's actually happening, you and me sitting across from each other, we're in Ojai, which is beautiful. What's it like to live in an extended period of time like this? It's so hard. How did you enjoy looking at that mature man? That kind of amazing. Okay, that's what it's like. Just all the time. All the time. And you just keep. It's just a matter of do your work. When you're not like that, it's a worksheet. Just keep coming back. Oh, keep coming back until you're catching up with your sanity. Like that beautiful man did well, but you think of him and see that man as a symbol of I always screw things up. No, you don't. Yeah. But it's how the ego owns you. In other words, faults. Yeah, it's just like you said, though. It's like when something goes wrong with the future, the past then jumps in and then all of a sudden it's a dog pile. But know? nothing's yeah. ever gone wrong in the future. Right. It's still, and I just don't expect anyone to believe me. But a lot of people can use you for their proof right now. That listen to this, and your work here, and you can use it to go back and look at hard times and see what was really going on, as opposed to what you were thinking and believing. No one makes mistakes. We're just done. It's what we believe onto the real world that is. That's the illusion. And rightly called the illusion. It's an illusion. Images, past, future. In other words, the not now. We hear people, you know, they want to be in the now. They say be in the now. Why? Well, because it hurts in the past and future in an unreal world. Why? Because it's unreal. Is it a sense of of not caring or what is the... It's a sense of a a sleepness. It's no one's fault. You know, um, I have a nine-day school for the work where we sit in all of this and just get it squared away, get it straight. And then people are able to go home and just, or wherever they go, and make sense of their lives. And anyone, you know, people that can't afford the school don't have to come. It's all, it's, it's all free. People can get it just like you're getting it right now on thework.com. On thework.com. Yeah. And I'm all over YouTube and other websites and podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so do you do you walk into the world with any truths known to you, like as your compass? It's a friendly universe. It's a friendly universe. Yeah. No matter what. By nature. Done deal. And people who want to test it can, the ultimate test is believe anything that opposes that and you're in another world not this one. And the way you know that is there's stress and there's heartache and heartbreak and a meanness about us that you described standing there outside with the phone in your hand talking to your girlfriend. And the friendly part is that none of it was actually real? Well, you say it like there's a question mark. Look back and see, was there? (laughs) Yeah. What was real was brilliant. She was sharing her integrity with you. And you were responding in a very mature way, no matter what your head was doing. And it shows you how far you've come, because a lot of people would hear it, and they're not that mature, because the, um, they don't have your history of knowing the difference so profoundly as, um, you know, with your background of, you know, those dark nights of the soul. I have come far enough to know that I can't control other people. And I'm human. I still try from time to time. But that is, that's not a little thing. Yeah, I had that grace in that moment, at least. <sighs> and that's what's so powerful, too, about inquiry. You got to meet him. It's not just something you did well. You got to go back, see him appreciate him from outside yourself and i mean i saw and obviously i'm impressed you don't come from where you came from and take things like that for granted and when you're looking from the outside back 
on to that beautiful man. No one ever has to tell you again how you were in that situation. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, because you've, you've been, I've been doing a, a, a lifetime. And so it's like, even during this conversation right now, I feel these things pulling, trying to survive. It's like when, when I get the breath of fresh air, like, wow, okay. Like the world wasn't ending. Well, in that what moment. about, wow, wow, next. Yeah. You know, invite it. And on the worksheet, the sentence I invite people to fill in on the last one. There's six of them, but the last one is, what is it you, let's look at yours. What is it you never want to experience with that person or situation again? Did you get to number six? What did you write there? But I don't want to be abandoned and alone again. I'm willing to. I'm willing to be abandoned and alone again. I look forward to. I look forward to being abandoned and alone again. Because it's just going to show you what's left. Just going to show you what's left. Life is our teacher. The people in it are our teachers, and don't be fooled. You know, well, I'll say it like this I'm not fooled. Everyone's enlightened but me. There's nothing in this world that isn't here to test me. You know, test me meaning it's a friendly universe. And if I don't see it that way, I have to look to myself. So when your head gets really busy and you, you were so clear and you took a deep breath and just, I'm willing to, I'm willing that my next girlfriend leaves me. I look forward to her leaving me because it shows me where I'm not mature enough to have the life that I deserve. It belongs on a worksheet. Yeah. And I love the worksheets. It's just you on you, one on one. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. People say it's my work. It's I call it the work. But anyone that picks it up, it's your work. Because it's personal. Yeah. For your work of sharing what you call the gift of just kind of getting this moment of seeing what was really happening and then wanting to share that and creating the worksheets and creating the system that really, I mean, as we just heard, helps you kind of break the spell. And I never wanted to share it. It wasn't like that. The shift that happened when I saw life as a dream, when I saw the friendly universe, the shift that happened that I invite people to that we just witnessed in you, it's, it's like that shift. There was no one to share it with, but it transformed my life to a point where my children didn't even recognize me. And like you're going to be, if you run into your girlfriend again, there's going to be something about you that's different. And maybe she won't say it, maybe, but the way you see her, there's going to be something about you that's different. The way you see, the way you experience everything, it shifts everything. But the shift was so radical in me that, and I watched this happen to people that come to the school for the work too. They go home and their families don't even recognize them. It's the same body the same voice, but there is a, there's a whole other identity there that's always kinder, more understanding, present, and basically in reality. And reality is a beautiful place to live. It's, you know, the word reality and real take on a whole different, you know, when you understand this friendly universe, it takes on a whole other way of seeing what do you do in reality? Like, what's the, I mean, I, I assume you're, you're here in reality. Mm-hmm. At least well, as, I leave that one yeah. to you too. What's your hope for life here during this, this time? You know, when you said, I want to spread the work, in one way it's true, but in another way it's not. And I was sharing the, the story about the shift in the way my family saw me and the shift. People started just noticing And then just this presence of being free from the kind of suffering that we just witnessed in you. It's transparent. It's it's clear. It's helpful. It's kind. It's a consciousness that people naturally invite you to. And that's what started happening. People invited me or I never would have. I never would. There'd be no reason for a website. I have been told it's useful. And gosh, this sounds so silly. But I only move by invitation. And people want another school, they've got it. They want another nobody, they've got it. But it's got to be like that. 
see, why do I say that? It was from a question you asked, but it's a wonderful life to have no needs. But when it comes to other people's suffering, it's a yeah, I'm there. Invitation, you know, it's whatever, it's it's what any sane mind would do. There's nothing special about it. It just knows, I know the difference between what hurts and what doesn't, what suffering is and what it's not. And every human being has a right to understand that, that this way exists. Mm. And people that don't uh, know what the work is and aren't interested, that's as it should be also. There are many roads home. This yeah. is one. Yeah, one of my favorite lines, which I'm going to get wrong, I just wrote down a note of it, but it was a lot easier for me to fully accept rather than what we just did, which is challenging. I'm sitting here like almost, I mean, it, it, it's bizarre. I'm like, I, I, I'm at a loss because so much of what I brought here is no longer standing. Yeah. So it's a very yeah. strange place to continue. It's a loss of the identity as you believed yourself to be. And, you know, this is about finding that mind at home with itself where you're with a friend. Yeah. You wake up with a friend. You go to bed with a friend. Anything beyond that is just a bonus. Not necessary. Yeah. Well, one of the things that really spoke to me was that it was about empathy. And it was about, it made me think about how much of the world asks you to feel for it, whether it's the news or your friend. And, you know, that like your friend will be, I've always felt like a very sensitive and empathetic person. So a friend will show up in pain. And then I feel like, in pain for them. But what you wrote was that, or what you said was that I'm projecting a fantasy of their pain, like on. Yeah. If you're in a lot of pain and I'm feeling your pain with you, I'm not, I'm imagining what you're experiencing. And that's what I feel. It's like if a car hit you and ran over your leg and I'm there and you're you're screaming and I'm imagining what that would feel like if it were me. I have no other reference. I'm imagining what it feels like. And if I say I feel your pain, it's completely disrespectful. Yeah. It's just all about me. I feel your pain. Well, yeah, well, enough about me. You're the one that just got run over. So I'm not going to be at my best. Um, you know, my job is to serve this world. I'm I'm just really clear about that. When there's no self left, there's no. How can I serve you? But if I'm so busy imagining and feeling what I think you feel like, then I'm going to make all kind. I can't even. You know, if I have my phone in my hand, I can't even find nine one one. I'm so horrified. But if I understand that you feel your pain, and I'm fortunate enough not to be in your position, and I'm not hurting, then I can easily dial the phone. I can easily hear you at the same time. I'm undivided. I mean, everything is in the same space, and there's nothing more than anyone can handle. In other words, there's nothing over my head. And I haven't been to to med school. That's completely out of my realm. But I'm aware of it. I'm not trying to help you and make things worse. And I'm I'm very clear that if a crowd gathers, is there a doctor here? And move aside for the crowd while I'm still maybe looking into your eyes saying, you know, this is, we're taking care of it. It's going to be okay. Everyone's here to support you or the ambulance is coming, whatever is true. But no, it has to be all about me. I feel your pain. I, 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 me, me, I, me. And then there's I, me. Yeah. Oh, boy. That sounds right. Yeah. So you've been really generous with your time. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> well. I don't know. <laughs> you're really generous with your stillness, your sense of self-awareness. That's a gift. That's 
a gift that, you know, I have that gift and I treasure it. And I love that you do as well. And that's very powerful. Thank you. It's where I like to put my time. I have one last question for you. Mm -hmm. If your future generations or if just someone you don't know, maybe a young person, I like to visualize it this way, was to come in contact with your message, the next message you're going to send, and you could send them a 30-second message of the most important thing, what would your message be to that person? There is a way out, and it's not death. It's not death of the body. There is a way out of suffering, and that it's free, and that it's on thework.com. Thank you. You're very welcome. So if you're curious, this was recorded five weeks ago at the height of pain and agony and self-loathing and torture and replaying the events over and over again, longing for what I had lost. And I waited five weeks for a reason, because after the interview, after reading the books and doing the work, really, I was breathing again and able to live again in a way that I hadn't the weeks leading up to that. And I have to say, after five weeks, it's stuck. I mean, I am living a majority of the time. And, you know, does the pain and the worry and the fear and the negative beliefs come back? Of course they do. That's part of healing. It's, it's parabolic. It's not a linear, just, you know, uh, line going upward. But when they do come up, I've been using the work. I mean, that's a tool I want to keep in my back pocket. And you've never heard me give the hard sell before, but I feel like I have to. If you have some beliefs or some pain that aren't helping you in this moment, I would recommend at least picking up loving what is. And I only say that because if you have an experience like I had, well, then it's worth whatever time it took you to read the book. And it's not expensive. Everything is basically free on thework.com. And I'm not getting anything to say this. But what I did get is a sense of myself back. A sense of myself right now in this moment where I am excited to be doing this and talking to you. And wow, I can't believe we caught it. Uh, we recorded it. I can't believe it. Because this is up there on one of the top most profound experiences of my lifetime. And I totally understand why my mom has, who would you be without this belief tattooed on her ankle? So I'm sorry for evangelizing, but I just, I couldn't help myself. I, uh, I caught the bug and I can't wait to record future episodes uh, from this place. So until I talk to you next time, um, have a fun time in this friendly universe.